Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report for Wednesday, the 7th of July, 2021. We are still in Delta variant mode. My co-host is still the wonderful Dan Illich of the Irrational Fear podcast. Dan, welcome back. Thank you very much. I am pleased to announce that I am vaccine free. Still one of the 93% of Australians not vaccinated, dumb and proud of it. (laughs) Well, uh, you know who is vaccinated, Dan? We found out uh, yesterday um, at an incredible 100% or thereabouts. Students in Year 12 at St. Joseph's College, the incredibly Mm. expensive private school, GPS, great public school, but in no way public, um, very much a private school in Sydney. They wrote to New South Wales Health. They asked for some sort of an exception, and they got it. I don't know whether it was because of the apparently 4% of Indigenous students that they have or the 96% of rich students that they have. Now, Dan, I suspect it might be the latter. Look, and I think in this world where the Liberal government is running both kind of camps, the state and federal government, they're just kind of looking after their own. They want to make sure that the future leaders of the Liberal Party are well and truly vaccinated before uh, next year rolls around. And it's really important because you don't want these kids going to university and getting sick because then they can't join student politics and they can't rule the country. There's a lot of, there's a lot of thinking's been going on here. Well, it's very important. The top priority in any pandemic, Dan, going back to probably Roman times, is to just protect the ruling class, right? (laughs) That's right. And the other rule of a pandemic is you make sure people from public schools can't rule at all. That is the second rule, I believe. (laughs) Look at Jane Carrow. She's never been in a position of power in her entire life. She's always talking about it on TV. But, I mean, day by day the anger grows at the way that the vaccine rollout has been bungled. And I can't help thinking, Dan, it's probably a good thing at this point that it's still illegal to go out on the streets of uh, Greater Sydney because if not, I can imagine huge numbers taking to the streets outside St Joseph's College either to protest or just get in a queue for some fucking Pfizer because they've got <laughs> heaps of it. Yeah, I mean, I can do a testy pop to prove that my balls haven't dropped. Hello, yes, I would, I would love some vaccine, thanks. Of course I'm 17 years old. Well, you don't have to be, Dan. You could also, I mean, you're, you're a solid fellow. You could... Um, just be the prop for their first 15 rugby team. I love a good ruck. Scuttlebutt has always suggested that they didn't really mind if some of the players were a little bit older than <laughs> genuine schoolboys. I don't want to say that that's true. Yeah, but This is someone who is speaking from first-hand uh, knowledge from a private school. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Anyway, Dan, the last thing I want to touch on before we get into the show proper is mm. today is a big day for New South Wales, and I know it's been Sydney-centric in the past few weeks and apologies to those not in Sydney but we do like talking about ourselves decision day Gladys Berejiklian is going to advise these people of Sydney whether the lockdown is going to continue Mm. or it's going to continue that's going to be decided today (laughs) I certainly am I set my alarm for 10.59 for the 11am press conference and I'll be glued to ABC News 24 to find out the results the decider do you think there's any chance to get out of this Dan I mean I'm I'm really not optimistic at this point oh I don't know. Look, I, I've got a couple of clients' jobs coming down the line that I'm not really interested in doing. So it would be it would be my saving grace in order to cancel those jobs. That's for sure. I mean, if 
<laughs> if the lockdown gets extended, can we please at least, when it finally ends, have some sort of public shaming ceremony for mm. the St. George Illawarra? Um, yes. For those players who went, like this guy, for his second breach, he's been sacked now by the club, but Paul Vaughan, we need to bring back the stocks, don't we? And just in the era of COVID, like everyone can just go and lick him. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is really shocking to hear. Or rather, it's not shocking to hear. Of course, the people who are going to be playing up are going to be the footballers from the National Rugby League. And, you know, the St. George guys, they have all been fined a huge amount of money. I saw the NRL slap $300,000 fines across a whole bunch of players, and they scaled it to how much money they earn per salary. So what's interesting about this fine list is you can see who earns the most in that list. Dan, I've got to say, I've just about had it at this mm. point. This week we've seen... Rich private school kids getting vaccines when no one else can. It's impossible to book. Bloody rugby league players yet again having fucking parties when they're not supposed to. Like, they do every single opportunity that they get. I'm finally beginning to understand why everyone else fucking hates Sydney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's understandable. Uh I mean, I have the fortune of of being in lockdown in Bondi Beach, uh, and there is it's it's excruciating having to walk along the beach every morning. It's it's just too it's too it's too hard. You know, the sun is rising, the waves are lapping, the dolphins are playing. It's a it's a hard place to lock down, Tom. I don't know. I don't know how much more I can take of this. I'm going to move to Melbourne. In today's show, Dan, we're going to check in with Sammy Shah about the Crown Casino, really omni scandal. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger, doesn't it? It certainly does. Also, Alexa has prepared a fantastic way to work out who the United States will be bombing next. And there is one other event in Melbourne that is about to be shut down, but don't worry, they've replaced it with something else. But first, let's go to Rebecca Dana in the Chaser Newsroom. Following comments describing the vaccine rollout as the Hunger Games, New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard has today announced a new health plan which will see Olympic Park converted into a coliseum. The new initiative from the Health Department will finally give under-25s the chance to get vaccinated by fighting for one of the country's three vials of Pfizer vaccine. New South Wales Liberal Party members have today celebrated the clarification that Sydney siders can visit their romantic partner during lockdown, with MPs flocking to their local desk stores in response. And Nationals MP Minister Barnaby Joyce has today spoken out against criticism of Sunday's ocean fire, stating it could easily have been prevented if the Greens hadn't banned ocean backburning. The Deputy Prime Minister explained that backburning has always been the most effective means for preventing natural disasters like this, so if anything, we should be burning more ocean, not less. I'm Rebecca Dana-Muno for The Chaser Report. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Today's episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by My First Ministry Position. Teaching you basic math so you can help all the other big boys and big girls run the country. Wow. Here on the Chaser Report, we love crossing to Melbourne. We particularly loved it during their lockdown. But now that we're still in our lockdown, it's a bit more awkward. So Sammy Shah has joined us once again. And we're going to talk about the Crown Casino scandal, which is just fascinating. 
It is. Uh, it's it's not surprising, particularly if you um, have paid attention to the Crown Casino investigations that happened in New South <laughs> Wales, which for right now might seem like so far in the past for everyone, because mm. I know how lockdown warps time. And, <laughs> and, and this might come as a shock to many of you all in Sydney, but you've only been doing this for a little over a week. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's very strange that everyone is so shocked and horrified and appalled, really, that a mecca for addiction mm-hmm. and a, a, an a entire business model built on taking people's money mm-hmm. and then making it disappear and then convincing them that they need to give more of their money for it to also disappear is somehow morally questionable in its activities. One of the interesting things for me as just an Australian citizen is as many of you will be going through right now, it's tax time. It's tax season. <laughs> We're all sitting down and maybe trying to figure out how we can get, pay a little bit less and maybe get a little bit back from the government. And then you realize that meanwhile, the Crown Casino here in Victoria um, basically underpaid approximately $272 million in taxes wow. that we know of. That we know of. Oh my and let's God. be honest, they're going to get away with it. There's not going to be major punishments because in Victoria, there's a big justification where it's like, well, what do you do? They hire too many people. Apparently, being able to hire lots of people allows you to do pretty much anything you want, which is why I am now floating a tender for my new crystal meth slash cocaine <laughs> manufacturing business. <laughs> That's great. Well, no, I hear down there at Crown Casino, they do give jobs to out-of-work comedians like Vince Sorrenti. That's good. That's a public service. So maybe they should get a tax credit for that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I'm sure they're all paid in cash that doesn't drizzle cocaine the moment you wave it in front of the comedian's I'm, face. I mean, I'm hoping that everyone at Crown has been on MobKeeper throughout this entire period. <laughs> but I heard a great story the other day, though. Someone I know quite well told me that they live in a luxury apartment building near the Star Casino here, the other casino. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a loud knock on the door at like two or three in the morning and the cops from the organised crime unit came down and they'd used that, you know, that um, uh, messaging thing that they busted, whatever that. Um, oh, yes. Anon. Anon, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the people who lived right next to Star City had just been for years funneling cash through it from this luxury apartment and they got shut down. So... It just seems like wherever there is a casino, and of course I wouldn't want to reflect pat- badly on the star because this is only about Crown, <laughs> people are going to use it to launder money because of course you would. One of the most fascinating things about this story was hearing just how Crown was turning a blind eye to all of the stuff that was happening on the floor, you know, like drug dealing, la- laundering, and just constantly saying, no, that's not a problem for surveillance in- within Crown. That's more of a problem for the police. We just worry about people getting too drunk or stuff like that. Well, I mean, it's it's really a, an amazing thing all that they managed to pull off. And and one of the ways they did it was they had regulators on on site. You know, mm. They are the government appoints regulators whose job it is to go in there and keep an eye on proceedings. But the last liberal government here in Victoria basically did this really interesting thing of increasing efficiency. And I'm putting air quotes up when I say that <laughs> by rolling the, the crown money regulators in with the with the liquor regulators. Oh. Therefore, every time a regulator was about to see money laundering happening, 
they were told, actually, you should go and check the bar. They think I think they served an underage teenager. <laughs> so they have to go off and do that. And the solution, it seems to be right now, that is being floated, is actually now that we've seen that there's so much corruption, nepotism, and all of these things in these casinos, maybe instead of regulating them on a local level, we should hand it over to federal regulators. Because there's one thing Australia does really well. It's a federal government that does not <laughs> allow any corruption to take place. I mean, imagine how much they just invest in the car park at Crown. <laughs> it would be an amazing car park, which is definitely something that Crown falls short on right now. One of the benefits of the Crown Casino, I will honestly say, and it's a very valuable service that it provides to Victoria, and that's why I would argue for Crown Casino remaining open, is you know if someone is a fuckhead or not by how much time they're spending. <laughs> if you meet someone and they're like, oh, I took my girlfriend on the weekend to Crown Casino and we spent a weekend in the hotel there just, you know, making love of doing lines and counting chips, you know, all right, this is a person that I can cut out of my life and hopefully will never see again. Yeah, it says a lot about the television industry that the the industry awards were held there year after year. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and it completely checks out that Shane Warne had his own named bar at Crown for many, many years. But it also makes me think, Sammy, um, mm. it's become very clear to everyone that basically casinos don't pay enough tax there are all these dodgy links. It just makes me wonder how bad of a businessman must James Packer be to fuck <laughs> up Crown? It turns out the man who couldn't even convince Mariah Carey to stay with him. Mariah Carey, who at one point turned up on TV with abs painted onto her stomach. <laughs> it, uh, it, it turns out James Packer, not good at making life choices. So the reaction from the government, the state government seems to be, look, there's so much corruption that we don't know what to do. We, we actually don't know. Where, like the, it, it almost sounds like grudging respect where they're like, they have outdone themselves so remarkably that now we just have to let them keep doing it because they, you know, why would you stop someone who's good at something? This is great. This is exactly the same reaction that we have to COVID, exactly the same reaction have to climate change. Oh, there's just too much of it now. We've, we've lost. I was promised a country where the tall poppy syndrome was well and truly in effect. <laughs> and yet it seems that every single person who is world-class talent at corruption is celebrated, elevated and lifted up. You know, at one point, one of my aunts was telling me when I moved to Australia, she said, oh, be very careful there. Everyone in Australia is descended from convicts. <laughs> I was like, look, that's ridiculous. So like it's five generations ago, someone was a convict, they're a convict now. Nope, turns out my aunt was right. I owe her an apology. But I'll tell you what though, Sammy, this does clarify one issue for me. And I visit Melbourne often, I love it. And one of the things that I respect is how impressive those giant fireballs outside Crown are. You know, they do those giant woof. And it goes up. That is very true. I, yeah. I thought, gosh, that's wasting a lot of gas out of the Victorian supply. Now I know it's just the tax records. That's all it is. And you can time it, actually. Every hour on the hour, the evidence of which Chinese high roller has just gone into one of the rooms. Uh, it, is, it is a remarkable place and we will be poorer with Today's episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by my first ministry position. If you have 12 million young people and you take away the number of young people you vaccinated, how many are left? That's right. All of them. Wow. Isn't math fun? Look, we're all under lockdown here at The Chaser Report. It means we can't do a lot of the things that we would like to do. A lot of things are closed off to us right now. And Alex has been having a bit of a look, one of our interns, at some of the things we're missing out on just to make us feel even worse during this time. Welcome, Alexa. 
Hey, hey, Dom. Hey, Dan. Um, yeah, that's right. But actually, before we start, I've got a bit of a, I guess, a, a personal issue I wanted to raise with you guys, see if we could get mm. some help. Sure. Well, I mean, it doesn't happen so much now during lockdown, but whenever I'm meeting someone new and, you know, I mentioned my place of employment, like I work for The Chaser, they always assume I'm talking about the popular Channel 7 game show, The Chase. Do you guys, <laughs> do, do you guys have that problem? Uh, yeah, I have that problem all the time. A lot of people, even Andrew O'Keefe, I see him around the streets of Bondi. He's like, do you work for me? <laughs> I, I'm too old to meet any new people. That's how I, I avoid that by being a total hermit. But I mean, Usually what I end up doing is I, I end up being like, oh, no, The Chase is actually this political satire yeah. show. It's getting harder and harder to spook it, to be honest. That's why I'm thinking, like, instead of instead of fighting it, why don't we just, like, lean into it and beat The all Chase right. at their own game? Oh, okay, all right, with some all sort right, of game okay. show. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you said that. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wheel of Misfortune. <laughs> okay, great. Are you guys ready to play? Yeah, sure. As long as okay. you can reassure me that Grant Denier is not hidden in some box somewhere behind you. Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get rid of him. <laughs> Fine. Let's go on without him. Uh, today's topic on the wheel is... Oh, oh, drone strikes! Yay! Oh, oh, yes! Um, drone strikes. Wow. This is a That's- little macabre. Oh, God, it's not the, not the usual kind of themes they have on Wheel of Fortune, is it? I'll run with it. It'll be seamless. It'll look just like the chase. Trust okay. me. Okay, all right. So, yes, our contestants, what do you think about this topic? Are you feeling lucky? Uh, I'm, I'm feeling lucky. I haven't been invited to any weddings outdoors in Pakistan <laughs> any time. So, for our first question, what two countries did the US bomb last week? Last week? Wow, yeah. last week. Um, I'll go out there. I'll say, um, uh, I'll say Pakistan and Afghanistan. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the wrong answer. I'll go with Syria and Yemen. Some of the classic hits. I mean, both of you are wrong. Dom was the closest. So two countries border each other. So the bombs were dropped along the border of these two countries. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm guessing the one I got right was Syria. Yep. Oh, I'll say Syria and Turkey. No, no. Lebanon. No. Iran. Iraq. Oh, Iraq. There you go. But who, who actually got that one? That was me. It's, okay. class, it's classic <laughs> hits Tuesday here at um, this game show. Back bombing Iraq again. That's one point to Dom. But um, a bonus question. How many children were killed? Uh, name a number and the closest one wins. Alexa, this is such a grim show. This is not going to get commissioned. What are you What are you even doing here? What I'm, are you pretty, even put, I'm pretty this, sure I saw this on The Chase two weeks ago. It's this, is, uh, this is absolutely woeful. <laughs> This is terrible. I'm not sure even Andrew O'Keefe's agent would advise him to do this. <laughs> oh my god! How many children were killed? I mean, um, we. I'm going to guess know, none. I'll say thirty. No, I'm going to guess none because the US is very responsible with its drone strikes and targets them carefully. Well, oh, actually, god. Dom got that one. It was only one, only one child. This oh, is right. upsetting, mm. Alexa. Well, I guess one child is collateral damage when it comes down to things for the United States. You there know. you go. There you go. I think that's exactly what they said. Oh, no, and Alexa, I feel like this format is um, lacking a little sizzle. I feel like you need, you know, a couple of other things in here to kind of really give it some. You need the um, feel good appeal. Like, what if? Yeah. What if? Okay, oh. children do get killed with collateral damage. But other people get their mortgages paid off. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Yeah, I feel like uh, I, I, I feel like you could have some sort of all star squares kind of element to it. I feel like there's celebrities that you could probably drag in. Well, here I mean, that's why I had Grant Denyer, but you guys said no to that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of other things you could have done, Alexa. One more question, okay? okay. This will be the, the tiebreaker. Out of all the countries the US has bombed, which one was the number one target this Out year? Out of all the countries. 2021. Um, how about um, Syria? No, sorry, no. Sudan. Well, I mean, 
you're, you're in the you're in the right alphabetical region. Somalia. Oh, oh Dan's got it. What? Dan's yeah. got it. Somalia. Alexa, I'm getting the sense that maybe we should pay slightly more attention to what the US's massive army of killer drones is doing in many countries oh, around the world. Well, I'm actually <laughs> banking on people not paying attention because otherwise my game show will be a bit too easy, right? At this juncture, uh, of, out of all the countries the USA has bombed since World War II, it's much easier to name the countries they haven't bombed. Uh, it's, it's, it's a much shorter list. Well, you heard it here, folks. Tune in next week as our contestants try to guess the countries that the US hasn't bombed. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, the Melbourne Grand Prix has been cancelled for another year. But don't worry, Revheads, they are replacing it with something else. This November, Melbourne's biggest event is set to blow you away like COVID clearing your social calendar. Strap in to witness all the action at Albert Park Racetrack. Like birds mating. Get a ticket to see Lakeside Drive lit up with a groundskeeper riding a lawnmower in the distance. Ah, fuck. I missed a spot. And catch all the action off the track with the colour and movement of the Melbourne City Falun Gong practitioners. Melbourne is set to be silent this November at the Australian Non-Prix. A ticket will buy you a whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Or probably no seat at all because the grass is going to be pretty nice. No, that's much better. Hi, this is Kristen. And this is Jen from My Mom So Hard. And we're here to talk about By Heart. Do you remember when you were nursing and you were like, I want to give the best thing I can to my baby? Well, we've got that for you. It's called By Heart, and it is a infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code MOMS20 for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Tell them my mom so hard sent you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Today's episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by My First Ministry Position. If you have minus $1 billion and declare you'll have $5 billion next year, how many dollars will you have in 12 months? That's right, minus $12 billion. Isn't math fun?
Well done, it is time to go. But before we go, I want to go like the United States government has left Afghanistan. That is, not tell anyone and turn off the lights, which is exactly <laughs> what they did when they left the Bagram Air Force Base just outside of Kabul. For 20 years, this base has existed outside of Kabul as a central place for America to come and go from the war from Afghanistan. And they left this week without telling anyone. They packed up their shit and disappeared. And the Afghan army that was patrolling outside the base, who provide all the security, only realised that no one was in there when all the lights got turned off. Oh, my God. They're like the dodgy flatmate who just, like, in the middle of the night just buggers off. I bet America owes some rent. They do owe some rent. And the Afghanistan folks are extremely annoyed that they didn't tell anyone. They're they're actually quite heartbroken. So, um, uh, well done. Uh, US Army, you really are excellent at ghosting after 20 years, saying goodbye, and uh, I'm going to do the same. Our website is chaser.com.au. We put news up pretty much 24-7. You can also follow us on socials wherever you like, and we always appreciate you leaving us a five-star review because, frankly, it helps us get up the Apple podcast charts. And today's code word is St. Joseph's College. (laughs) That'll help us get to the front of the queue when we don't deserve to be. Excellent. My name's Daniel Lynch. I host the podcast Irrational Fear. You can listen to my weekly podcast by going to www.irrationalfear.com and we're back on air next week. And yes, do get on Dan's podcast. Um, It is a delight. Our gear is from Rode Microphones and we're part of the ACAST Creator Network. See you later. Ciao.